Amen. All right. Well, um, I want to talk about with you from my uh, father's perspective about the election. And I call it the state of the church in the midst of the election. Um, I had a nice PowerPoint that I normally create. I left my computer at the house. I showed up. I thought I actually thought it was like my book bag feels a little lighter than usual, but didn't double check. But so, um, but part of you know the election, obviously, it was no matter who won, it was going to divide, cause a divide in the body of Christ. And you know, most the thing that I, that really affected my heart was the way the body of Christ was really attacking each other. And it doesn't, there's ways to have opinions that are done in an honorable way. But a lot of what I saw was, was slander, attack, generalizations, and that kind of thing on both sides. And it really, I was heart sick over that. And I just thought about it as a father. I was like, my kids, they, they're, they're normal kids. They get upset with each other. And I'll hear them on the trampoline, Somebody starts screaming, somebody starts yelling. I go out there, hey, what's going on? Well, one thing happened, but there's two stories. And each one wants justice. And I come as a father and I listen. And I make a decision, you know, as their father, what's going on. And usually both people, even if one of them was so-called right, I make them both apologize because part of it is that they hurt each other's heart. It's not even about who's right. It's like Jack Frost, who's uh, passed away 10 years ago. He's uh, somebody in, of the Christian faith who had this father's heart message. And one of the things that he said, um, he actually had a sermon titled this. It was called, Would You Rather Be Right or Would You Rather Have Relationship? I don't truly have unconditional love if there's conditions on our friendship. I don't have to agree with you for me to be friends with you. Jessica and I know each other better in every sense of the term than anybody else on this earth. We don't always agree. Does that, that doesn't mean we don't love each other. And so part of what I'm, the angle I'm coming from is like, it didn't matter. I knew going into those elections, I said, no matter who wins this, the church has got to pray like never before. I, don't, I, I told you all that last week. I said, I don't care who wins. The church has got to pray. And, and God's looking for a house. He hasn't made a promise to America. He hasn't made a promise to any nation. There's only one nation he's actually made a promise to. He's made, he's made promises to Israel, but it's under the banner of Abraham. Now, what does that mean? Abraham is the father of faith. And so it's for those who believe like Abraham believed, Jew or Gentile. Now, I do believe there's certain promises for the, the state of Israel that he's got. But in 1 Peter, he says that you're a chosen race, you're a holy priesthood, a, a holy nation. He's talking about the body of Christ. 
And so every, every kingdom in this world is going to be shaken except one kingdom. Every kingdom, I don't care, every party, every uh, political party is going to be shaken except one where Jesus is the candidate. So it's good, it, you, you have to know that, okay? Like it's gonna, everything's gonna be shaken that can be shaken until the only kingdom that's left is the one that Jesus has established and continues to establish until he comes back and the fullness of his kingdom is manifested. And so I want us to look at, you know, Isaiah 66. If you got your Bible or your phone, you can, we're gonna be looking at some different scriptures. Isaiah 66, this is uh, God giving some, some commentary. He was part of the storyline in the Old Testament was when the people of Israel were deported to Babylon or Assyria, depending on, there's two different times that they were deported. But they were really concerned about the temple because that's what the worship was centered around, the tabernacle, the temple. And this is what God says. He says in, in verse 1, Isaiah 66, he says, Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where then is a house you could build for me? And where is a place I may rest? For my hand made all of these things. Thus all these things came into being, declares the Lord declares the Lord, but to this one I will look, to him who is humble and contrite of spirit and who trembles at my word. So God is looking for a house, but it's not brick and mortar. It's not, it's a living entity. It's an organism. It's the church. But he's, he's not going to just reside in a church that's full of pride and slander and malice and, and those types of things. He's looking for a church that's humble and contrite and who trembles at his word. This is like, it doesn't matter anything that's flying around in the world. That At the end of the day, this is what you base your life on. This is the plumb line. Okay? And so that's why the Bible is here. Because if you don't align yourself with the word of God, you're going to be tossed here and there. It's like the Bible says, here and there by like waves of the sea. And so this is your plumb line. This is your anchor. What God, the, the promises of God that he's made to you through Jesus Christ for those who, who believe in Jesus as the Lord and Savior. Okay? So turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. So he's looking for a humble, contrite people who tremble at his word. First Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 1, it talks about some of the conduct that as believers we're supposed, to, um, we're supposed to walk in. Now, what I'm not saying is that you don't get to have an opinion about matters, political matters, all that kind of stuff. So don't, it's, sometimes it's good for me to say this is what I'm not saying. You can have opinions. All right? There's nothing wrong with that. It's the, it's the way you go about it. So verse 1, therefore, putting aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, 
like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow into respect the salvation. If you have tasted the kindness of the Lord, so malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander, all that needs to go. If you call, if you identify yourself with Christ, that's all got to go. All right, look down at verse nine. It says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we are a nation. We're aliens in this world. Peter also talks about in other places. He says, we're aliens, strangers in this world. This, isn't, this place isn't our home. We live by a different set of values. We... There's times where God will ask you not to defend yourself. It's usually most of the time. And what I'm saying is, um, all of this is, you, gotta, you, you have to listen to the Holy Spirit because there's times where he's going to have you be, become a voice for the voiceless. But maybe when somebody attacks you personally, he says, be quiet. Okay? Does that make sense? And so it's all about, you got to know the Holy Spirit. You got to listen to the Holy Spirit. Um, turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Peter also said, We're like living stones. Uh, and a living, uh, the church is a. Is a a house, a structure, so to speak, made of living stones. And stones, if you look at the old English castles and homes, when you're made with stones as opposed to brick, you see right here on this wall, all the bricks, they're all just about the same. Uniform, same color, same size. Looks, everybody, you can't, it's hard to distinguish one brick from the other. Now, living stones, when you build a house with stone, you build a castle with stone, every stone is uniquely different, and it, but it's set in place by the architect, by the builder. And that's what the body of Christ is. Each and every one of you is a unique living stone that God's got a strategy. He's like, this stone needs to go right here in this wall, this place, to function for this wall to be complete. As opposed to a brick where anybody, just anybody can fill the spot. But God loves you so, he made you fearfully and wonderfully made to become a part of the house of God, that you're, you're a contribution what you have is needed. You're a part of something bigger than yourself, but you're also, unity is not uniformity, okay? Unity is keeping your love on. Unity is being at peace with one another despite differences. I'm, I, I'm gonna, you know, place a bet that when Jesus comes back, the church isn't gonna be agreeing on every single thing. If the, I will bet that there's going to be in unity. Does that make sense? <laughs> because I had one person that was um, talking to me about how they, they didn't like a specific way a church did something. And they were, they were really passionate about it. They're like, this isn't of the Lord. This is, the way they do church is not of the Bible. And I, I told them, now it wasn't, they're not, this church wasn't, they're, they preached the word, okay? So it's, it was about the style of the way they did it. And I told him, I said, listen, there's people that come to me 
and I and they they might be brand new believers, and they'll come to me. He's like, man, I want to come to your church. And, I, and sometimes, depending on what where the Holy Spirit's leading me, I'd be like, no, dude, you you may need to go to this church. <laughs> like, I don't know if my church is right for you. But then there's other people. It's like, yeah, come on, check it out, see what you like. And so. God has assignments for churches just like he has assignments for people. And so we don't, so that's what I'm saying. I would never do church the, the way that another church does it. Does that mean that they're wrong? No. It doesn't mean I would do church that way. I, but God's given me this church to shepherd, so we do church this way. I'm doing it the best we know how I fall in the leading of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to assume that pastor is doing the best he knows how, following the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so that's, that's not my job to judge his motives. All right? What I do is, you know, if he starts preaching something other than the gospel, then maybe I have a, conver- I have a conversation with him. But if they're preaching the gospel, the, the style in which they do their church, hey amen, God's made you shepherd, you, you go do your thing. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. Being diligent, being diligent. That means you've got to work hard <laughs> to preserve the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Diligent means you keep trying. Diligent means you don't give up. Diligent means it can be painful. There is one body and one spirit, just as you are also called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in, and in all. I pray, that, I pray diligence for my kids. I, I, and I, I pray, Father, give them a diligent heart because they're not going to do well in life if you're not diligent. You're not going to do well if you can't get back up and keep fighting. You have to get back up. God doesn't ask you to be perfect. He just asks you to have courage. That's what he told Joshua. He didn't say, Joshua, be strong and courageous and perfect. He just said, be strong and courageous. Joshua and the camp of Israel made mistakes going into the promised land. They had sin in the camp, and they also allowed the Gibeonites they didn't, uh, they allowed them to be a part, um, basically gave them an inheritance. And God told them not to do that. So they made mistakes. But God's grace is, is bigger. And so we're, we have one father. I tell my, we, with my kids at night, we do these uh, declarations where I say, and I, I repeat them, and they just repeat them after me, and I'll go down the list. It says, I am happy, I am blessed, I am loved, I work hard, I am kind, I am generous, God's strength lives inside of me, God has a wonderful purpose for my life. And so we we try to say that almost every night, it doesn't happen every night because sometimes I'm like, I'm about to pass out, I can't can't even say a sentence right now, you declare over me, son. So, all right, turn to Proverbs uh, chapter 16. 
All right, it's going to be verse 32. And it says, He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who captures the city. Paul said that, and uh, Timothy says, we've not get, been given a spirit of fear and timidity, but a spirit of power, love, and self-control or a sound mind. And it's saying right here, when you don't have self-control, you're, like you're like a city without walls. Any enemy can come in and invade you anytime they want. So self-control of your spirit, man, I get angry. How many of y'all get frustrated to get angry? Raise your hand. Okay. That's, you're a human. Welcome to Club Human. And so that's going to happen. So what is the spirit of self-control? Self-control means there's a restraint. That there is a, that there is a restraint. And so um, it also talks about in self, self-control in Proverbs, it says, don't be like the horse of the mule where you have to put a bridle on the mouth and make them go where you want them to go. It says, but the man that has understanding will be led of the Lord. So this is what, this is what everybody in the body of Christ needs to do right now. This is my main scripture, and I want to just go to James chapter 1. I told you I had a lot of scriptures. Let's go to James chapter 1. This is verses 19 and 20. It says, This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear. Say, quick to hear. Slow to speak. Say, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. And later on in James, it says, uh, be angry, but sin not. So James is like, yeah, people get angry. But what, do you, what do you do with that? Do you give it to the Lord? Are you quick to hear? That's why I, I hardly ever post anything that's like gray area politically on Facebook. Because I want to have a conversation with somebody. It's hard to understand for me over that platform. So I'd rather just sit down with you if we have differences and talk about it. And I want to listen to you. Why do you believe this way? I want to ask the question first. Why do you feel this way? It's not wrong to post information. I'm just saying this, this is for me. Because I... I have friends who are both Republicans and Democrats. I have friends that were de- rejoicing and friends that were devastated after Tuesday. And I love them all. So what do, so what do I do as a, as a friend of both of these people? Well, first of all, I tell them anybody that uh, was Republicans, don't, don't boast. <laughs> There's no man, no man is our Savior. Jesus Christ is our Savior. Under, seek to understand those who are on the other side of the aisle. 
you know, because I know that there's a lot of, there's legitimate pain that people are in. And so when people are in pain, it doesn't matter if I'm right or wrong. Just like when my kids are in pain and they're crying on the trampoline and they're like, they did this. It's like, well, first I got to, I got to connect with their heart. Because when I, if I do, because a lot of what we're doing is, I'll, I'll give you an example. Bless my dad's heart. I love my dad. I expose him a little bit, but he's, he's a great man. Y'all know, how many of y'all know my dad? All right. Josiah will probably tell stories about me like this later on in life, but hopefully not, but he's got his own stories. But uh, I was a sophomore in high school playing basketball. And the, the coach was riding me every practice, man. He was riding me hard. And I felt like I was going to a job. Every, every time I went to practice in the afternoon, I would dread it. Seventh period to come around, and I'd just be like, oh, gosh. I love basketball. But that, it was starting to feel like a job because this coach was riding me and riding me and riding me. And so finally I told my dad, I said, Dad, now the way, what my dad said had wisdom in it, but, it, but the lack of understanding was what hurt in this instance. So I go to my dad, like, Dad, coach is just, I can't do anything right. He, he's nitpicking. I mean, I'd like, I, I can't run down the court right. And I gave him this, you know, five, ten minute just filling his ear of, like, my complaints. And I finally was just like, what do you, what do you think, Dad? And he said, well, be he said, either be quiet, or he said, either quit or hush up. And I was like, I guess I'll just hush up. But so I didn't quit. So there's value in that, in not quitting. There's value in just like, you know what, this is the hand you're dealt, make the best of it. But what was, what was hard was the lack of understanding. Does that make sense? And so when pe people are who are in pain right now, it's the lack of feeling understood. That's why James says, be quick to hear. Don't jump to conclusions. Don't think you know how they feel. Be quick to hear. Have a, a conversation with them. Address it. I guarantee if you are honest and it's like, hey, do you want to talk about this? Do you want to talk about the election? I, I just want to listen. I just want to understand. That can do more for your friendship than acting like it's never, never happened. And so because under, people just want to be understood. Whenever you feel somebody misunderstands you, it's, it's painful. Am I right? Has anybody ever had that happen? You took that totally the wrong way. Is Remy the only one that's been misunderstood? <laughs> yes. Thank you, Remy. You keep, Remy's awesome. And so you just want to be understood, and you got you to gotta listen. You want to you wanna understand the Lord? Listen to the Lord. <laughs> Sometimes we fill his ear with what we think should happen. He's just like, why don't you just listen to me? The Lord told me that one time. He said, you need to hear from me a lot more than I need to hear from you. I was like, that's, that's true. That's true. All right. Turn in uh, last scripture, Matthew chapter 16. We're going to activate our faith. Okay. 
Yeah, you can go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. Okay, so real quick about connection. So if Lauren has a broken arm and Matt doesn't, okay? If Lauren has a broken arm and Matt doesn't, then who needs to be heard? Matt or Lauren? Y'all have no idea. Lauren, because I got to figure out which arm's broken, right? Where is it hurt? Right? Now, does that mean I don't love Matt? No. But in a moment of pain, you need to connect with the person in pain. So when Travis is talking about understanding, you may not understand. I've never had a broken arm. I don't know what she feels like. I'm not going to understand, but I can connect with her and find out which arm is broken, where it hurts, does she need a cast, is it really broken or is it sprained, should we go get an x-ray, right? I got to hear some stuff. So when you are giving attention to the people that you love, hear your friends in pain. People are all over the place. Some people are just arrogant and like just want to talk. Well, maybe you want to connect with them. Maybe you want to love that person because they seem hard to love. That's its own calling. Do that. Do that too. They're in pain also. It's just coming out and looks different. Okay? But people who are, are obviously in pain that this, this last week has been super painful. Some people voted for the Libertarian and are really sad about that. Some people voted for Hillary and are really sad sad about that. Some people voted for Trump and are really sad about, or didn't vote, whatever, are happy about that. I'm just saying, some people don't care. They voted for somebody and they're just like, whatever. You know, like, we'll see what happens. So those people are the people that need to listen. Anyway, I'm just saying, like, if you truly can go into a conversation and not have anything that you want someone else to believe, (laughs) you're not trying to change their mind. You're not trying to prove anything, but you see that they have a broken arm, and maybe you want to know what happened, and you just ask some questions like, so, what are your thoughts about the election? How do you feel about it? What makes you sad? What are you afraid of? I'm giving you some tips. This is what I did this week to my friends that I knew were in pain. I called them, I texted them, and I said, how are you doing? I get this is hard. Talk to me. And so we've had lots of conversations, most of which I'm only asking questions. Actually, all of which I'm only asking questions (laughs) because I don't have a whole lot to say, honestly. But I do care about their pain because I love these people. So anyway, I'm just, I just want y'all to know that when you're, you may not understand and you've got to be okay with that. The goal is connection, because that's where you'll keep your love on. Yeah, and if you've been hurt, uh, there's the cross that Jesus made for healing. So you can, the devil wants you to get bitter. Jesus wants you to get better. You're probably not the first time you've heard that. The devil wants you to get bitter. Jesus wants you to get it better. Will you put that um, slide up? So 
Katie Johnson posted this on her Facebook page. I'm borrowing it. It was on a public domain, Katie. I hope you don't mind. Um, but it's, it was actually, she just copied something that C.S. Lewis wrote. How many of y'all read the screw tape letters before? So if you haven't read it, what the screw tape letters are about is the senior demon whose name is screw tape is mentoring a younger demon named Wormwood. Now, Wormwood means bitterness. All right? Just in case you didn't know that. So screw tape is mentoring Wormwood, and he's giving them tips on how to uh, steal, kill, and destroy from Christians. This is one of the tips that Screwtape is giving Wormwood. He says, be sure that the patient, who's the, the object of their efforts, remains completely fixated on politics, arguments, political gossip, and obsessing on the faults of people that they have never met, serves as an excellent distraction from advancing in personal virtue character, and the things the patient can control. Make sure to keep the patient in a constant state of angst, frustration, and general disdain towards the rest of the human race in order to avoid any kind of charity or inner peace from further developing. Ensure the patient continues to believe that the problem is out there in the broken system rather than recognizing there is a problem with himself. Keep up the good work, Uncle Screwtape. And so maybe there, maybe there is a broken system. But, if the, but what do you have control over? Right here. So it starts with you. It starts with what you can control. And in Matthew 16, if you're there, this is what we're going to activate. Verses 11 through 19. I'm sorry. Uh, starting at 13, verse 13. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, what do the, who do the people say that I am? And they said, some say John the Baptist and others Elijah, but still others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. So Peter gets this revelation that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And, and Jesus said, and I call you Peter, which means a stone, and upon this rock, and that word rock means a foundation. So he's not saying, I'm going to build the church upon you, Peter. You're, you're, you're the man that's going to, you know, right below Jesus is then Peter. You know, he's saying, upon your revelation, Peter, of who Jesus Christ is, that's the foundation for the church. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. That's the foundation of the church, the Son of God. And it says the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. What a promise. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Bill Johnson said, if all authority has been given to Jesus, that means the devil has none. We know we have friends who used to be in satanic cult. And they said, if, if Christians only understood the power in the name of Jesus. 
So what, I'm, what we're doing today is we're going we're to pray for the church to be united. To not be, it doesn't mean uniform, it means to be united. We're going to pray also in 1 Timothy, it says we pray for those in government that are in leadership over. So you need to pray for Donald Trump. You need to pray for everybody elected. We need to continue to pray for President Obama. You need to pray for uh, the Democratic Party, the Republican Party, Hillary Clinton, anybody that's, that's in, those, in these powers and ask God to, be, to bless them. And, and Jesus said, you can, you know, loving people that you agree with, anybody can do that. He says, but what, he said, what credit is that to you? So true love is learning how to love those that even we disagree with or who even we feel like are acting in the opposite spirit of, what, of where we're going. All right, so I want you to stand up. So the way we're going to intercede for the body of Christ is we're going to lose unity. It says, so that in heaven, it's perfect unity. Everybody's centered around the man, Jesus Christ. And so when we say, we're going to, on the count of three, we're going to say, loose. That's all we're going to say. And it's going to, we're declaring it's loosing unity from heaven to earth. Loosing unity from heaven to earth. All right, now you need to use your voice. I need to hear you. All right? This is faith. I don't, faith doesn't matter if you feel like it or not. That's why sometimes I call it cold-blooded faith. It's not dependent upon your feelings. It's dependent upon your choice. All right, so here we go. On, on three, Father, we pray for unity in the church. And Father, on the count of three, we lose it. On one, two, three, lose! Now, what we're going to do. We're going to say, we're gonna, now we're going we're gonna to give a karate chop in the spirit. <laughs> so we're going to do this. On the count of three, we're going to do as, we're going to yell as one. One time, and I want you to yell at that one. I just want you to zip it right after you do it. You're going to, God's going to do something. All right, you got it? So we're doing right this. I'm going to say one, two, three, as one. All right? Yell it out. Yell it out. This is declaring. We're declaring it for your, this is hitting the nation, guys. I don't care that this is like 70 or 80 people in Athens, Georgia. This is hitting the nation. Are you not in Jesus Christ, seated in the heavenly places? All right, let's believe it. As one on three. One, two, three. As one! We're going to do that one more time, at least. All right, one, two, three. As one! All right. Father, we thank you. Pray for those in leadership of you. Pray for the city council. Pray for the, just do, let's, let's do that right now. Let's bless the mayor of Athens. We bless the, the public servants, whether they're government, whether they're law officers. We bless them, Father, right now in the name of Jesus. We declare your blessing, Father, on Nathan Deal, right now in the name of Jesus. Bless him, Father. Give him wisdom and revelation and understanding. We declare your blessing upon President Obama, Father.
Father, we ask that you give him wisdom from heaven. Lord, you give him everything you need. That you, Lord, you bless him greatly as he transitions out of office, Father. Bless his family. In whatever way they need salvation, Lord, we ask that you release salvation, healing, and deliverance. Father, we, we pray over uh, Donald Trump, Father, bring salvation, healing, and deliverance to his family, Father. We ask that you protect him, protect he and his family, Father, prote protect the Clintons, protect Obama and his family, God. Father, we do, the, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Father. And you came to destroy the works of the devil. So we just declare the work of Jesus in their life right now. Holy Spirit, show up and let them have radical love encounters with Jesus. Thank you, Father. We bless you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Jesse, you can just put on some music right now. We're gonna, if you need any further prayer or you need prayer for physical healing, we, um, we, uh, last week we had a word of knowledge that people were suffering from migraines and headaches, and, and we had a person come here because they woke up that morning. The Lord told them to go to the awakening because they were gonna, we were going to pray for headaches. <laughs> and so... We, we, we pray for physical healing. If you, anything wrong in your body, Jesus is above it all. He healed every manner of sickness and disease. If you need just somebody to agree with you in prayer about something, they'd love to do that too. So if our ministry team, wherever you are, if you'll come on down. And other than that, you're free to go. Love on somebody. Hug their neck. And next Sunday, Steve and Marcy Fish will be here. They're going to be preaching. It's going to be awesome. So you don't know them you need to come and, and get to know them they're they're amazing people so bless you guys we love you we'll see we'll see you next time